Hey there, welcome to Daily Devoted. My name is Meshach Canyon. I'm the host, and thank you for joining me as we study the Bible together. We've been working through Luke chapter 15, and we're going to continue, uh, but I decided that something that I'd like to start doing, I know I'm doing a lot of new stuff, so please bear with me. Um, but on Mondays, if I, if I preach the previous Sunday, I want Mondays to be devoted to a sermon recap, uh, not only for the sake of the listener who may have heard the sermon, uh, but for my sake, because it's it's on my mind and it's it kind of serves as a uh, uh, maybe some of you guys do after action reports. But it's my way of wrapping it up as I'm preparing for the one that's coming after. So today I'm going to do a recap. We just started a new series at my church. Um, I serve at Church of the Savior for those of you who don't attend Church of the Savior. And we just started a series called uh, Easy Yoke, uh, not yolk as in eggs. Maybe some of you guys like eggs over easy. I've never understood how people can do that. You know, when they ask me how you want your eggs, like, listen, I don't want them moving. I don't want no yolky stuff. Scramble them hard. If if they're not scrambled, then I want you to be able to pick it all up in your hand and like toss it like a Frisbee. If I see anything flying away, I don't want it. Oh, well, that's a long way of saying it. it's not easy yolk. It's easy yolk as in when you put that mechanism on the neck of two oxen or you yoke horses together. Uh, It's based off of Matthew 11, where Jesus said, come to me all ye who are weary and heavy laden, take my yoke and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly of heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what he's talking about there is just um, working in harmony with him, pulling his load, pulling our load together uh, with him. And that's the invitation that that he offers. And so in this series called Easy Yoke, uh, what we're going to be doing is just exploring uh, what the gift of salvation looks like. Well, how do we um, enter into this easy yoke life with Jesus Christ, living in union with him as his disciples, systematically and progressively growing in Christ likeness? So in the first series, in the first sermon, excuse me, uh, we looked at a passage in Luke. It's a very short passage, so I'll just read all of it. Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Here Jesus says, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully, er, but, excuse me, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. And the idea that I worked with was the Greek word telos. Now, some of you guys have heard that word before. Telos is simply another way of saying the end, or it's really the ultimate goal or purpose of something. Um, So as an example, we all know what the telos of food is. Uh, The goal or the purpose of food is to provide nutrition or to provide um, something to gather around while you're having a party. And because we know the telos of food, when we're hungry or when we're throwing a party, we can utilize food or we can interact with it in such a way uh, that will lead us to enjoy life. And you can understand or you can imagine how uh, bad life would be if you if you were hungry and you didn't know the telos of food. You know, um, if you're in Kroger or anywhere else, you could die of, of starvation because you didn't understand how food was given to us uh, to meet that need of providing uh, nutrition and providing energy when we're starving. And so the main goal of this introductory message was just to ask the question, what is the telos of salvation? 
uh, many people have uh, what I would consider a misunderstanding of what the goal or purpose of telos of salvation is. The famous passage, John three sixteen, when many people quote it or hear it quoted, that part where it says, uh, anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We all know what people think of when they hear the words everlasting or eternal life. They think of a place you go to when you die. Uh, and in like manner, when they hear the words perish, they think of another place. So in a nutshell, they think that that passage means, which is one of the preeminent passages that people know of the Bible. They think that it means God sent his son into the world so that if we believe in Jesus, uh, we won't go to hell when we die, but we'll go to heaven when we die. And that's that's not that's not everybody's understanding. But I'd suggest to you that if you ask people on the street, the majority of people, even those who are Christians, will say that the goal of salvation is that if we believe in Jesus, we'll go to the good place. If we don't, we'll go to the bad place. Now, here's where telos comes in. Because we misunderstand that as the purpose or goal of salvation, whenever we have an understanding of the telos, it kind of dictates the way we interact with the very thing. So, for example, uh, with uh, I, I told a story during my sermon of a... Uh, of a commercial where a daughter gave her 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 aged dad an iPad and this brother didn't know what it was so he thought it was kind of like a cutting board or a chopping board and he starts using this iPad as a chopping board why well because he didn't understand the purpose of it and since he didn't understand the purpose of it he was still able to derive some benefit from it but he wasn't able to derive the kind of benefit that an iPad would have given his life that could potentially have helped him flourish in relation to that thing. The same is true when it comes to salvation. If we think that the telos, the goal of salvation, is to get us into a certain place when we die, then the way we interact with, with salvation, specifically with the one who brings salvation, will be dictated by that understanding. And if you look at American... Um, Western Christianity, for the most part, you'll see that that's exactly the case. Just ask yourself one question. What are our prominent uh, methods of evangelism? Um, it's, you know, you knock on the door, you, you share your faith with somebody, uh, you give an altar call, and then someone comes up and they say a prayer uh, in the hopes that once you say that prayer or you make mental assent to some uh, form of the creed, uh, you know, your name will be written in a book and you will go to heaven when you die. Uh, many evangelists at these tent meetings that were popular um, just decades ago and in some in some cultures still popular today, they will end their message by giving an altar call, you know, and they'll say something like, listen, if you put everyone close your eyes and bow your heads, no one looking around, then they'll give a plea like if you were to be hit by a bus, you know, I don't know why it's always a bus. God help the bus drivers out there to to not be in the neighborhood the day after uh, an evangelistic event has taken place. But they'll give this plea to say, if you've been hit by a bus uh, and you didn't wake up tomorrow, where are you going to go? Where are you going to spend your eternal destiny? What I'm suggesting is the reason that we witness, the reasons we consider salvation and the entry into life in those ways is because of a misunderstanding of the telos of salvation. When we think it's a place that you go to, we will interact with it 
and, and will bring it to other people in a way that's kind of transactional, that's kind of wooden, that's that's really devoid of the power that uh, could be included uh, within it. So then what is the proper understanding uh, of the telos of salvation? Well, to go back to John three sixteen, that passage says that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What it's pointing to is the everlasting life that is within the son that God so loved. So Jesus is central to the whole concept of salvation. Salvation comes to us in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ. And we receive that salvation by what means? Well, that's where you have to look at how Jesus interacted with people in his day. The, the means that Jesus used to, uh, to bring his life to them and, his, and to give his life to them and to help them become the kind of people that had his kind of life. Well, what means is that? Discipleship. Discipleship, I'm suggesting, is the primary way that the life of God is passed along to people. Now, of course, I'm presuming the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in the life of a human being. But what we need to stop doing, I believe, is to put the whole emphasis on justification by faith in such a way that we believe that once I've said something or done something, I'm part of the family of God. And now the next journey for me is I'm going to die and I'm going to be in a really good place. Indeed, one of the passages that I mentioned uh, that's in the epistles, in the epistle of Titus, chapter two, verse 11, Paul really does a good job of helping us understand what it means to um, to have received the grace of God in our lives, uh, because it's not just a one stop thing where we received it and when we're done. So let me read this and I'll wrap up this review. Titus two, verse 11, 12 and 13. For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. So there you go. God's grace appeared. How did God's grace appear? Through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So salvation comes for all people. Now, I'm going to ask you, if you don't have your Bible open, what do you think that next word is? God's grace appeared, bringing salvation for all people. And what did it do? What did it do? This is very pivotal in our understanding of salvation and its telos. Well, the next word is training. God's grace appears bringing salvation and that grace that's at work in our life, in our lives, trains us to do what? Well, trains us to become like Jesus. Here it says, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives so that we can go to heaven when we die. No, that's not what it says. It says, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for our blessed hope, the appearing of the, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, at the very outset of this sermon series, I thought it was important to just help people get a proper framework of, of what salvation does. What is its goal? What is its purpose? And I'm suggesting to you that the goal and purpose of salvation is to enable us to become like Jesus. It is he who brings the, his eternal kind of life to us and he disseminates it to us by means of discipleship, by him becoming our teacher and enabling us as we follow him 
to learn to become exactly like him in spirit and in character. Those were the expectations in that day of a disciple and their rabbi. The disciple would follow the rabbi and learn to think like him, learn to walk like him, learn to talk like him, learn to have all his mannerisms so that they can have his kind of life. It was true for first century rabbis and it was true for Jesus in his day and by his presence with us through the Holy Spirit, it's still true for us in our day. So I just like you to think about, and the question I asked in, in one of our services is, reflect upon the invitation to life that you received. Was it an invitation that had anything to do with Jesus or did it have everything to do with a destination where Jesus would be? If it was an invitation that was primarily about where you're gonna go when you die, then I got great news for you. There is a gospel that is available that has everything to do with receiving the eternal kind of life right now. Listen, I think I've already preached like half the time that my total sermon was, but if you want to listen to the entire thing, I'll put a link in the description and you can go there to our church's podcast. It's called Kingdom Habits. That's where the entire sermon would be. Uh, but thank you for listening to this morning uh, devotion. And I hope this is good for you. I hope that this maybe helps you dive into uh, what we're doing here at the church. And then I will see you tomorrow as we continue and wrap up Luke chapter 15, uh, the story of the father who had two lost sons. Father, as people prepare for their day or continue their day, let your spirit be with them to help them to point out where you're at work so they can see you and respond by grace and by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed today, guys. Peace.